All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds, of course. This is a place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Today is going to be the part two of my black history, uh, pretty much information exhibition. Today we're going uh, we to continue our discussion of the three West African kingdoms today of uh, Ghana, Mali, and Songhai. Uh, today uh, we're going to get away from, you know, the, the all the historical uh, dates and all that and the people involved and all that, but we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, well, just the prevalence of the well, the traditional uh, African religions, uh, well, and also the belief systems uh, coupled with the Islamic faith uh, that was able to intertwine this, these cultures as well. Because at some point in time, it did, and at some and at well, like I was explaining yesterday, uh, with each of these uh, kingdoms, you see a pattern of uh, of a of a more prominent. Uh, Islamic influence being felt, uh, but there was, there has been plenty of examples, or there was plenty of examples uh, throughout each of these dynasties, with the with the exception of the last one being Songhai, of some traditional African uh, beliefs being conducted there, and some traditional uh, African uh, rituals and so on and so forth uh, being being uh, influenced, and it still was a part of their daily life. So I want to kind of talk about what it was all about, or what some of those traditions were talk a little bit about the rights of rites of passage uh, at least for uh, the Mali Empire and so on and so forth and even somehow uh, a little bit of how these you know these belief systems compare and contrast to what uh, well the majority of African Americans or Africans for uh, people of African descent follow today which is Islam or uh, Christianity and um, you know, first things first, it's, it, it is important to explain that uh, these belief systems were brought to us uh, via trade, uh, via travel, even through slavery in some sense, uh, from some, in some instances. Uh, did we, you know, were we the forefathers of, the, of these religions? Did we create these religions? I, I don't know. I can't, I cannot say that, you know, uh, through the well, I will say that they might have been created by melanated peoples, but to say that all these groups were practicing and everybody was, no. Uh, again, in, this, in the sense of uh, Mali, if we go back to Mali, uh, Sundi Adekita, he has a relative that could be traced back that brought the religion to his family. In Ghana, there was, uh, there was evidence that they, again, uh, converted as well, but it was not something that they had normally been doing. But let's talk a little bit about uh, some of these traditions. Uh, in in the Malinke tradition, there is a supreme being known as Pharaoh, uh, and this pretty much the concept of supreme of a supreme being uh, will pop up in numerous uh, aspects of African tradition. Doesn't matter where you're from, uh, whether it be Sub-Saharan Africa, West Africa, the Sahel around this area as well. Uh, but there is a supreme being. Uh, is there a mono, there's not always a mono, uh, theistic vibe to it. Uh, there is, there is somewhat of a, a pantheon in some groups and some cultures, but I really didn't get that here uh, in terms of the people of Mali. Uh, now, Pharaoh, uh, the supreme being, would would pretty much preside over the physical and the spiritual world, uh, and Naima would be the spiritual force in which all being all beings are connected. That being, 
you know, uh, plants, trees, animals, you know, uh, and the humans as well. This is how they connect with each other and again connect with the supreme being, almost like in Christianity where you would say a Holy Spirit. So again, it's all kind of there. There is a there is a um, there is a supreme being. There is a a God, uh, if you want to say that. And he is connected through us and through the world, through our through our spirit in which we share. So again, there is somewhat of a not I wouldn't call it a holy trinity. I wouldn't want to apply it there, but again, it's something similar. So again, when we say these people were backward or these people were uncivilized or these people, because again, if you, you know, I, well, maybe I, I'm, I'm saying too, maybe I'm being too blunt with what I might say here, but it's almost as if you are a different religion, uh, you know, or have a d- different belief system, especially these more ancient, these more uh, traditional rule ritualistic uh, belief systems. That is somehow almost the work of some type of evil being. If you know you, if you listen to uh, the other religions, the three Abrahamic religions, whether it be Islam, Judaism, or uh, Christianity, there's some type of you know weariness and some type of um, distance that they like to keep from these these different traditions here, and not even just you know uh, in Africa, you know in Asia. Uh, more notably India with Hinduism there's some uh, there is some real weariness the modern I wouldn't say the modern religions but again the three the big three kind of have about those those religious religions that have missed some type of mysticism to it chanting and all that it's a it's very they look at it very almost in a way almost like some type of witchcraft or it's almost a a level below that something like that so there's really some weariness to that type of stuff although if you really get back really break it down again they believe in the supreme being as well again i mentioned that they believe in the connection between that you know spirit or that being and everyone everything else which is similar to what everybody else kind of believes so again the whole this religion is right, this religion is wrong, uh, this religion uh, is the ultimate truth. I, I'm not gonna be the guy to, to tell you any of these religions are the truth or they're right or which one is wrong. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, they almost seem to be very similar to me in many different ways. So we can't. It wouldn't be fair to do that. Now within the, within the Mali social structure, groups will be responsible for protecting. Uh, well, certain groups will be responsible for t- protecting families in the villages uh, from evil forces. Uh, from also, and they also will bring bring in rain rituals in order to induce their harvest uh, to bring bountiful harvests. So that so they uh, would conduct rituals and dances in order to bring about rain. In order to you know again, and then who knows if it worked? Who knows if it didn't work? I, I wasn't there, but again, that was what it was they're about bringing respect to nature being one with the supreme being and respecting uh nature giving and giving props back uh to nature through their respect for it through their love for it a lot of times people confuse them and the native americans for almost making the trees or the wind and all that gods and all that and i think yeah there was uh idolatry uh to some extent uh, but i think that was just in order to give people some type of visual representation i think the big thing is to respect nature and i think the biggest thing that they were doing was promoting uh 
you know, the protection of nature. We're, we're talking about an EPA uh, before, you know, government regulations. Again, they're regulating how they're, how they're hunting, they're regulating this. And we're talking about both societies, either in, you know, what they would call the New World and those native tribes. And even also, again, with, you know, these African and sub-Saharan African cultures, uh, there was a, a very keen um, respect for nature and preserving that even when it came to farming they were not destroying uh the land with cash crops or crops you know that would you know would be invasive species uh they would not do that again I, we talked about uh the battle between pastoralists and farmers the farmers uh, tended to the land frequently they were respectful of it, the pastoralists not so much because of course they just needed it for cattle and herd so again you had those different ways of life but that was, you know, the whole point was to respect the animals, to take what you needed, uh, not to overconsume. Those were the main tenets. Now, again, how they conducted that, how they, you know, their rituals and their songs and their dances and the way that they went about to pursue that is it would be different from what you would do in the Quran or what the Bible would tell you to do. But it's pretty much the same type of message. OK, um. Now, what they would do, they would these uh, groups, they would call them, nowadays they would be called secret societies, uh, but, you know, back then I'm pretty sure there would be another term for it. They were pretty much uh, protectors of the community, and they would maintain the well-being of the community by resolving disputes. Uh, they would uh, basically be, you know, the the spiritual, you know, the knowledge of, of how to, you know, get to, you know, Get, you know the knowledge of prayer of rituals and all that they would have all that knowledge they would conduct those situations with people uh they would conduct prayer of course they would conduct the rites of passage and initiations and again uh so, uh, what what the rite of passage was, of course, and those initiation um, c- ceremonies were about, was taking the young adult, whether it be a man or well, a boy or a girl, and and after that point, you know, pushing them into adulthood and having them understand what uh, what it takes to be an adult. Again, with the movies in Hollywood and some of the uh, European and, and possible and really in some of the Arabic uh, accounts will have you thinking, you know, some type of, you know, grand or weird, exotic type of ritual, maybe concerning some type of sexual deed or something like that. But those are really dramatized, really Hollywood at some point. Uh, but again, it was really mostly about getting boys and girls in the same age group to kind of hang out together they were communicating together they were learning with their griots together because again the griots uh, not only were they the historians and all that they were also assigned to princes in the community and also uh, and they were also assigned to princes like i said within the kingdom uh, to kind of teach them history firsthand so they were all together they would be all together communicating and they would be sharing ideas hanging out together uh, going out on hunts together so again building bonds so when they would go out, let's say, for instance, a new, a new prince would be allowed to take over. He's officially king. 
he's made all he's you know he's made these friendships they've come together uh, they've been initiated uh through uh the hunt in in the, uh, the case of the malinke people and who became uh, the empire of mali they will go out on uh extravagant hunts with you know uh, a ritual right before it so that's really what they were about they were especially for the men they were outside of the trade and all that they were a hunting culture and a hunting society so um it wasn't so much about you know some some weird off the wall ritual per se but it was more so about uh bringing those 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 young men together building them to uh, having them work together because again they're going to be soldiers they're going to have to fight together at some point if there's some type of threat to the community again they're going to be doing the hunting together to provide the food uh for the village and or again they're going to be working together you know administratively either making the laws together in terms of the government or even you know work working within you know the the trade the trans-saharan trade routes themselves learning about the taxing of goods so they're all doing all those things together it was more so about uh again teaching skills and and, and building the men up or building the boys up to to manhood like i said as opposed to just some some weird out of pocket you know dance and ritual type again whatever you see in hollywood and whatever hollywood has told you it's a little bit it's actually very exaggerated and in some cases it's just flat out false false let's just keep it real uh so uh moving on um another big uh aspect within you know a lot of these cultures and a lot of these groups uh will be the concept of the family uh the family pretty well this is what pretty much how the villages were um you know set up they were developed by different groups of families coming together and sharing their resources uh you know uh sharing you know uh their you know their expertise with each other and they're coming together they're living and forming you know big communities and um the family gave a person a sense of pride a sense of identity uh especially because uh you had so many different skills that people could provide at the time you had fishermen leather working uh you had the iron uh the ironsmiths which were very well respected because again like i said yesterday they could be middle uh, medicine men too uh but because the work was done to serve the community uh there was a sense of pride and the people that were receiving those gifts receiving that knowledge or the tool or maybe the spear to go hunt they were ultra grateful about what they were receiving as well so it was a very what do you want to say uh gregarious community where people i mean there was somewhat of a caste system uh but since everything was pretty much necessary in order for people to survive there was a respect there was a, a lot more respect for what people each individual could bring to the table uh so th with that concept the family uh the family again uh in terms of who controlled what uh usually the eldest living uh relatives or the, the founding people of that specific area land and their descendants usually uh, had uh, the most rights or the most say uh, but again there would be somewhat of a council there was many councils and of course you had the kings and all that that had their say but again you had checks and balances uh, which were again something that they and again you would even hear accounts from uh, Arabic travelers almost saying like how could these system of governments exist uh, they had to learn about this from somewhere up north but again that wasn't necessarily the case these places were already pre-established before 
it's you know even converting to Islam so even even coming in contact uh, with anybody from even North Africa just yet they had already established uh, you know interconnected groups and you and the family dynamic was very important in the scene to that happening um another big thing here is also the elders uh in the community the elders were the closest to the ancestors in which i'll get to them in just a second uh but the elders were uh pretty much they were the the knowledge of the knowledge banks of the community uh the people would come to them and they would learn the history of you know everything pretty much the, their village villages around them the people around them who speak who you know what languages are being spoken uh, they can learn probably how to speak those languages so again uh the elders were an important aspect again, usually they were the council that checked the king they would be the oldest living uh relatives and uh, oldest really uh, the oldest living uh citizens within the village so again they were well respected they were treated in high esteem as well and then finally uh, to break it down we have the ancestors now the ancestors are really important because they've they've crossed over we're talking about the people who have passed away have come generations and years and you know decades before you and i have and they've already ascended to heaven and the reason that why they have they are so important because they have they have moved one one step closer uh, to so death was seen more as a positive uh, experience because again it, it got you closer uh, to it will sent you to the physical the spiritual plane and got you closer to the supreme being uh, so uh, the ancestors were held in high acclaim uh, also because of that closeness uh, to uh, to the most high in this in this regard it would be Pharaoh now Pharaoh uh, now because of this uh, there would be a lot of a well, a lot of communication uh, between the living and those who have moved on, the ancestral worship. And this has always permeated, well, for one, uh, the, the, um, the positive, positive, the positivity shown around death that is permeated all throughout uh, the African diaspora. For one, uh, there's the example of the second line. Uh, and if you go to New Orleans, usually when they have a funeral, uh, you know, a lot of times it's a somber occasion. Uh, but if you go down to New Orleans, Louisiana, it's a different type of situation. They'll they'll have it's almost like a party. They have the, the band there. They're playing uh, instruments. There's a lively tune, and they're celebrating the life that that person live uh now these people may may or not you know have links to these Mali, malinke peoples uh necessarily they might not have you know links but again these are similar patterns these are similar behaviors so that means you know regardless of where we may be coming from within that continent there has to be some sort of uh shared cultures and that has to be some of it because again it's permeated through bondage is permeated through all that we've been here in this country so again that is there uh, again you again about the ancestral worship again that is also looked at uh from the these the major religions eyes as something that's a little bit um crazy or a little bit on the edge or on this on the other end of the spectrum uh but it's funny how that concept uh is is put there you know like you're you're talking to the dead or it's 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 a native connotation but you pray you know to the son of god in christianity who 
died and who had passed so it's kind of the same it's you're doing the same thing so why why is the same respect not placed uh, for these traditional African traditions. I think uh, to pray to an ancestor or to seek guidance from somebody uh, who's done it before you, uh, who's seen this world just like you have lived long ago or whatever, wouldn't that make just as much sense as reaching out to anything else? So again, I mean, I, I personally thought it made, per- made perfect sense to me. Uh, now, certain aspects of ancestral worship just to kind of get you guys going and to get you guys like a real life um, example that you can see and kind of understand is uh, one of it is libation and libation is one of the simplest and easiest things to do that people don't even realize uh, that that's kind of what they're doing uh, this is something now libation is is when you're it's a gathering and you may have your beverage of choice and you're and you're tipping the bottle over. You're giving, you know, praise to whomever passed away. What you're not, what you're not knowing is yet. He might have seen it in the little the gangster movies back in the '90s. You might have heard of it being referenced in the in the, in the the rap songs back in the day. But this has been a part of your culture for I would say up to thousands of years. Uh, the giving of praise to those that have gone before you. This is this has been done. So. It's just funny how we say we don't know. We claim that we've been, you know, well, we have, it's not a claim, but we have been, you know, taken away. We have been stripped of a lot of uh, the immediate knowledge, the tangible knowledge, but it's still, it's still found its way to permeate and we've still been acting accordingly. We've still been almost doing things the same way. So again, it doesn't matter how far we think we've got, it doesn't matter how far we've said we've come along, we still do it. And this is why black history is important, because again, it's not so much, again, and I already established that black is not a color, we know this. It's just a collective term for the whole diaspora. This explains why we do what we do. When we read and we research and we figure out, oh wow, you know, they, 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 you know, they had a sense of, of a supreme being as well. They prayed and they kind of did this, went about the same things, you know, like the same way as which we did. We get those background, we get that background information. Uh, we learn the story of Sunjata, the man, the boy who couldn't walk for almost seven years of his life. And we are we we learn about his come well his come up and how he you know was a st- was able to establish a nation, and we are now in a situation in the 21st century where you know we can turn around and create change within our own personal sphere within our own personal life. So Black history is important because it gives you something uh, a precedence that everybody else has. If you just listen, if you just look it up and just stop tripping about, you know, well, I'm I'm black Hebrew or I'm native. If you let all go of all that and just respect the information that comes to you, you will learn so much more about our situation and you will come uh, come to some certain sort of grips about what's going on here. And, it, and again, this is not to say that racism is not a factor. It doesn't exist. So on and so forth. But you learn that through all throughout history, you've you've succeeded and you've managed to exceed all expectations. 
And this is what Black History Month and Black History in general, because it doesn't need to be confined and just to, into just this one month in February. Um, it could be all your life. All your life you can be going about making not just black history, but history in general. But black history is important because, again, you learn that you learn what we've done and we've done a lot. And we don't need to we don't need to necessarily, you know, I don't know how to explain it. I, that's all I, I mean all I can say is for me personally uh, it is important because it's giving it's giving you some sort of identity it's giving you some sort of knowledge and there beforehand before we even had you know a black history month people you know we really didn't know anything you know these people had to go out and they had to they had to research all this information themselves in order to make it at least visible for us before there was a black history month before we were able to learn anything about history you know carter g woodson had to go out and pay and a lot of black historians had to go out and painstakingly look and research and read and 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 you know verify you know double triple check all type of sources and now here we are to this day where we can look it up ourselves with ease we can go find a book with ease so we should take you know solace in that and do do our research do our homework and when we have these discussions we have something to bring to the table other than just an argument or a complaint or put down about each other because we know our situation now it's not about you know, begging for attention. It's not about begging to you know the outside forces to change something for us when we could change it for ourselves. You know, it's not about you know what somebody didn't do for you. It's not about what somebody did do for you. It's all about what are we doing for our community and are we putting ourselves on the best foot forward? Obviously, we've been able to do it for numerous years or in numerous times in our history. It's been harder nowadays, but is it worth giving up? No. I'd rather keep fighting and I'd rather keep uh, understanding who I am. And before I let you guys go, let's talk a little bit about the oral history and and the written history of, of all that we have here today. You know, there's so much that's been placed on, you know, oral history and storytelling and a negative connotation and the cold part about it is a lot of our history because a lot of it wasn't written it's a lot of our history it lies within our storytellers and our griots and those who are the masters of words we don't have you know well not all these quote well not all the african groups have a written history and because that does not exist there's no written account a lot of it is um, it's easy for it to be just falsified or, you know, neglected or out or outright, you know, refuted. But I'll add with that being said, can't the written word be just as manipulated? The Bible was written, you know, a, a hell of a, you know, a hell of a lot of different times by different people. So who's to say that that wasn't tainted? Who's to say that that word isn't? Changed or it hasn't been, you know, manipulated to fit somebody's needs or want. You know, 
I think it's very important for our culture to understand that the storyteller, the griot, and, you know, just because it's a little unorthodox. And you have to accept that. You're going to have to say, wow, you know, a lot of this information, I'm not going to, I'm going to have to go and talk to somebody about this. And they're going to tell, and they're, and you know, I'm going to have to trust with them that they're going to tell me the truth and nothing but the truth. And they, and they are. The real ones are going to, the griots are going to sit down and they, and they don't have a problem with telling you about this. It's not like a book. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can get a book and you can read about it, but the, the, the situation you won't get the same vibe and you ain't gonna get the same experience believe me it, it's and you don't understand like what's funny is that we don't understand that even our our what we call hip-hop and what we call rapping today began with these oral traditions it began with a man uh controlling what you would call them it would be the master what you call the mc the master of the ceremony he was conducting uh, these storytelling moments. He was, you know, telling us our history in a way that was almost like, you know, in terms of rapping, it was almost in, the, in those syntax and that structure. I mean, I mean, even now we are being influenced by what we were do- doing a thousand years ago. That is why black history is important today. That is the main point. All right, y'all. I've, I've, you know, talked. I went in as long as I could. I loved it. I had fun with this. But I'm going to call it a wrap for today. If you are looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is E-L-J-B-U-T-L-E-R-75 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Johnny. E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. I also have a Facebook page for the show at Never Out of Bounds. My next episode, I will be going over uh, actually my top 10 movie soundtrack. So look out for that one. I might squeeze some sports uh, at some point either tomorrow um, morning or tomorrow, actually tonight even. Um, just depending on how I feel. I'm off for the next four days, so I'm chilling. I got a whole lot of time. So uh, do not be surprised if you see me uh, sneak in tonight uh, with some extra sports. Uh, I do have, like I said, the top 10 movie soundtracks tomorrow. And I do have my top 10, uh, well, my part two uh, top 10 video game soundtracks that I will be putting out a little bit later this weekend as well or over the next four days because remember that's how long i got off so again i will be uh in the driver's seat with this i'm gonna be putting in some work so uh look out for me uh keep your notifications for this on lock i will be letting you guys know on social media as well what is going on all right y'all if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out one love and i will holla at all y'all later